Welcome to Wealth Made Simple with Shaz, where you'll learn how to master your money through business, property, and tax saving strategies. Your host has collectively helped his clients make tens of millions of pounds in additional profits through these strategic approaches to business. Introducing Shaz Nawaz, an award winning chartered accountant, property tax expert, entrepreneur, and property investor. Okay, who talked about pensions? It was that table there, wasn't it? I'm sure it was. Or was it you guys over here? You said pensions. So tell us everything you know about pensions. Aren't you glad you volunteered? And what's your name, by the way, young man? Hi, Joseph. She really wants you to hold the mic. She really does. In case she didn't make it obvious to you. Okay, 40 grand a year to pensions. Okay. Yep. Anything else? And what's our lifetime limit in terms of our entire pension pot? Sorry? Just over a million. I think it's a million and 80 grand. We'll just put it like this to make it easier. Because 1.08 or whatever. Okay, so this 40 grand here, if you have, if you own buy-to-let properties and you made 50 grand profit, can you pay 40 grand of that into your pension? If you've if you've got a buy-to-let portfolio and you've made 50 grand profit, can you use 40 grand of the 50 grand to pay into a pension? You can. Then yes. Who agrees with Joseph, by the way? Put your hands up. Oh, you've got a few people here who agree with you, who say, if you've made, made 50 grand profit from a buy-to-let, you can pay to a pension. And who disagrees with Joseph? We've only got one bloke at the back, who's a cameraman, who disagrees. So, apart from Joseph, who else put their hand up? So, we won't pick on Kevin. Our, our friend at the back there, why do you think we can make pension contributions on buy-to-let property? Is that a guess or is that something that you know? I know. Something you know. Okay. You're certain? No, I'm not. <laughs> Joseph, let me be honest with you. She felt really sorry for you, so she put her hand up, okay? And the same applies to Kevin, by the way, because those two know you better than I do, by the way, okay? So there's something going on here. But anyhow, on a, on a buy-to-let, unfortunately, you cannot uh, make pension contributions from a buy-to-let into, sorry, you cannot use income from buy-to-let to make contributions into uh, a pension because it's investment income. You can only make contributions into a pension uh, from either trading income, SA, or furnished early lets. Yeah. So if you meet the rules over here, which you've seen on this page here, you can make pension contributions. If you don't, don't meet the rules, you can't. Now, let's look at your pension contributions. If you haven't... Sorry, yes, Mark? Sorry, just a clarification. If the buy-to-let is owned by a limited company, can the limited company pay? No, no, no. no. It has to be relevant, qualifying income. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, buy-to-lets don't qualify. 
Uh, apart from paying 3,600 every year, which is going to be a, it's a, a very small figure. So, you got 40 grand this year, Joseph. If you haven't made any pension contributions in the last year, can we carry that forward? You said that without moving your lips, Joseph. <laughs> 40 grand. And how many years can we carry it forward? Okay, so that gives us 120. So we're going to use the, the example from earlier on. So you've made, uh, but we're going to change the number slightly. You made 200 grand profit and you've got 100 grand for your capital allowances. But you've got 100 grand left. You've made no pension contributions in the last four years. So what you could do is, when I say last four years, I mean last three years plus this year, you could make a contribution of £100,000 into your pension and pay no tax whatsoever. Everybody with me so far? Even better if this figure is 300 grand and over here you've got 200 grand. You can pay 160 into a pension and then you only pay tax on 40,000 pounds. Yeah, that's a good benefit. So now let's move on to the different types of pensions. I am not allowed to give you any advice on pensions, by the way. I'm just sharing with you the tax benefits. So you've got different types of pensions. What type of pension do you think you might have as a, an entrepreneur and property investor? SAS. A SAS. And what does SAS stand for? Small self-reference scheme. And why do we want to go for a SAS? Anybody apart from Mark? We can invest the money in uh, We can invest the whole so you've got control. Okay, that's one benefit. Any other benefits? We've got our friend at the back over there. You can buy commercial property. Is that a guess or is that something that you, that you really know? You know that one. Good. Anything else? Something from this side of the room, please. This table is quite enthusiastic. Anybody apart from Vito? Any of the benefits of having a SAS? Our friend at the back. Okay, so he's saying you can loan money. You can loan money to either third parties. That's, that's meant to be a three, by the way. Third parties, or you can loan money back to your sponsoring company. And if, you, if we loan money back to our sponsoring company, how much can we loan back? 50%. Okay, so you've got, you've made, you've made 160 grand contribution into your pension using this example here. So let's go back over here. So you got 160 in your SAS. From 160, you can pay 50 grand or 80 grand back into your business. Is that good or is that good? That's not bad, is it? It's good. Mark? Does your business have to pay? For that loan. Yes, so your business pays you interest uh, for borrowing those funds and it's got to have some kind of security for uh, taking the loan. But if your business has some value, so you don't have an asset, but it has some value, you can use the value, the goodwill uh, value as security as well. Yeah, and you pay the interest over five years. Yeah. Uh, at a commercial rate. Yeah, yeah. So now let's just look at commercial property and a SAS. In fact, let's uh, finish off the, the example of, so you've, you've got a SAS. How many people can be part of one SAS? 
11. So you do 11 times one odd million or whatever and 80 grand, you can have up to 11 million pounds worth of cash in a SaaS. Yeah, now you have a SaaS and our friend at the back said you can buy commercial property. I'll just put CP for now if that's okay, Kevin. Commercial property. When that commercial property generates rent, how much tax does a SaaS pay? Sorry? And why is that? Okay, so you pay no tax uh, in a SaaS. When you sell the property, if, or if you sell the, the property, how much tax are you going to pay on the sale of the property? So you're saying no, we'll call it income tax, yeah? No income tax to pay. On sale, you pay capital gains tax. And you're saying how much is payable? Pass, we'll call it zero. And if you pass away, how much inheritance tax do you pay? Zero. So can you see the benefits of having a SAS, yeah? No income tax, no CGT, no IHT. So every year, as the rental income is going into your uh, SAS, you can use 100% of that to reinvest. And over 5, 10, 15 years, you're going to see a, a significant increase in the value of your SAS. Yep. If you sell the property, of course, you'll have more cash in there. You can use that. So that works well. So it's w worth exploring how, uh, having a SAS. Commercial property. So you bought a commercial property, and you figured out you can claim uh, 100 grand in, in capital allowances. Can we claim capital allowances through a SAS? Yes. yes. Why is that? Why do you think yes? So when, when you have capital allowances, you write them off for tax purposes, yeah? So, so does the SAS pay tax? No. So no capital allowances. So if you're buying a building which has a high amount in terms of capital allowances, don't buy it through your SAS because you can't claim capital allowances. So you might want to buy it through your LLP like Mark said, or you might want to buy it through a limited company or some other structure. Everybody happy with that? Good. So capital allowances done. Section 24 done, pensions done, and I think there was a table at the back who said you can split the income between husband and wife. So who wants to go have a go at that? Our friend in the blue by the, over here is very enthusiastic, I can tell. Light blue, our friend in light blue. You told me earlier that one of the benefits of, of having uh, service accommodation is you can split the income between husband and wife based on uh, how much work they contribute. So, husband and wife own a property together, okay? If the property makes 10,000 pounds profit, how is that split between both parties? Not a trick question, by the way. Half and half, 50%, yep. Because property, okay, uh, is always jointly owned, yep. Unless you become tenants in common and you change the beneficial ownership, yeah? So, husband and wife make 10 grand, you gotta split it half, half, yeah. 50-50, you don't have a choice about that. Unless you change the beneficial ownership, but we're not gonna go into that. SA or FHL, husband and wife, both, okay, together make 10,000 pounds profit. The wife says, I spent 70% of my time in that business, and the husband spends 30% of the time in that business. You can then split the income 70-30. Yeah? So, if you have a husband or a wife, and the wife is a high rate taxpayer, and the husband is a basic rate taxpayer, so 
So he's going to pay less tax using his basic rate of allowance. He may spend more time running the service accommodation business and take a bigger split of the income and use his 20% band, which is for the basic rate, as opposed to the wife paying 40% on the higher rate. Everybody with me so far or no? Yeah? So it's a, this is a big benefit or a good benefit of having an FHL or service accommodation. You can split the profits, okay, based on how much work each partner is doing. If you have a buy-to-let property, you have no choice apart from splitting the income based on the actual ownership. Does that make sense? So this the ability to share the income to, so you can use up your basic rate of tax and your different tax bands, yeah? Okay? So, at the, at the back over there, Kevin. Form 17 is something different. So, you and your wife or your husband own a property together and you're saying, I want to give him or her 90% of the property. You then uh, complete a deed of trust and give them 90%. And then within 60 days, you have to file a Form 17 to HMRC to tell them that the beneficial ownership in that property has changed. Over here, no need for Form 17. Because you have a partnership, you can split the profits based on the actual contribution in terms of work as opposed to ownership. Yeah, so no Form 17 needed here. Okay, who said Tom's? Is our friend over here. The floor is yours, my friend. Um, so with Tom, is it tour operators, something or other, something or other? Okay. So... <laughs> tour operators, margin scheme, yep. Yes, that's exactly what I meant. Yep. So, if you're running management, yep. then you don't pay that, or is it 5%? Apart from Mark, anybody else? Rent, essay, and management. So, you pay 5% of your 5%? Why 5%? Because that's what my Okay. <laughs> We're going to ask our, our friend at the back in the check shirt. He, is he making up the answer, or do you think he knows what he's talking about? He's winging it. He's winging it. <laughs> <laughs> he knows you too well, my friend. Okay. 5% is something else. 5% VAT you pay if you are doing a commercial conversion where you're increasing the, the number of units, reducing the number of units, or you buy a house which has been empty for two years, you refurbish it, you only pay 5% VAT as opposed to paying 20% VAT, yeah? If you own property, buy to let, so back to our friend Joseph over here, you, you own property with, with some of the people and your income goes over the VAT threshold, do you pay VAT on the rental income? Yes or no? No idea, sorry. No idea, okay. Anybody else? Craig? Um, is it, am I right in saying it's only your operating company? Sorry. So, right we're not talking about uh, service accommodation or FHL. let portfolio, you and your life partner if you have one, Okay, you go over the VAT threshold in terms of rental income. Do you pay VAT when you go over the threshold? Yes. No. On bite let? No. 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 <laughs> Somebody help me out. You had a 50% chance there, okay? <laughs> Probability. <laughs> Probability, okay? Uh, so, 
no VAT on rental income yet. However, because we've established furnished holiday lets and service accommodation are treated as a trading business for tax purposes, therefore it is vatable yet. So when you go over £85,000, you've got to charge VAT at 20%. Is there anything else you wanted to add on Tom's? Before we hand the mic to Mark, by the way. I think you're doing a really good job. Seriously, you are. So anything else you want to add? Just at some point, Tom's means that we don't make that, right? <laughs> so we started with 5%, now we're going down to zero. <laughs> Did I come up here? Okay, so you're, you're VAT registered, you're paying 20% on the 85 grand. Your first opportunity is... You can use something called the flat rate scheme, yeah? And pay VAT at a particular flat rate. But that only applies to small businesses. And your business gets bigger, and you've got 10 units, and you're turning over, well, let's just call it uh, a million pounds. The flat rate scheme is not going to apply to you. Because that applies to you if your turnover is 150 grand plus VAT. But once you go over 225,000 pounds total turnover, you come out the flat rate scheme and you go on the standard rate. So now you're paying 20% VAT on the turnover. You have two options. You can either charge your guests or your visitors. That means you charge them a million pounds plus 20%. And that might mean they don't use your rooms and they go elsewhere. Or you take a hit on it and say the million pounds includes VAT. Yeah, which gives us around about, I think, 160 grand or whatever. That's not going to be very nice for you to do, so you may wish to use Tom's. We're going to come back to you, my friend. What's the criteria for Tom's? And Mark may help you because he's done quite a bit of work on this, by the way. But it depends on how he's feeling. 20% Okay. 20 SA. I think you, you may have, have a, a help over here, and I think Mark may want to help you. Rent to SA. I feel like I'm throwing myself to the lines a little bit. <laughs> so, you have to operate like a tour operator. So, like okay. Thomas Cook, or whoever it is, you book your holiday through. Thomas Cook don't own the properties or rent the properties. They are providing the facility for you to be able to use as a service. Yep. So, as I understand it, Tom scheme means that that's the service you're providing, so the tax that you pay is on the bottom line of your profit, not on everything that comes in. It's on, it's on yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that close enough as a stealth? <laughs> you're right. And I wonder why you've talked about the word margin. Where did you get that from? It's when everything else is, is taken off. So instead of paying your chunk of VAT on everything at the top, which is huge, it's after everything else. Yeah. So basically, what you've done is you're quite smart. You figured out the word margin in the name, and you said, <laughs> that's what it is, yeah? Good. So we're going to go over to Mark now. You put your hand up, by the way, Mark. Just to amplify that you can't be responsible for maintenance. Yep. So, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the 
folk aren't responsible for the maintenance of the hotels that you don't stay. Yeah. So you, they don't own the asset and they're not responsible Yeah. So the difference, uh, we're going to go for a million pounds here. And let's assume you are charging your customers VAT, because you keep the numbers easy. Over here, you pay £200,000 to HMRC. What's a benefit of being back registered? There's one benefit. You get to claim back your You get to claim back your VAT. So over here, you're charging £200,000, and let's say you're claiming back £50,000, yep? On all your costs. So you're paying one fifty to HMRC. Over here, depending on what your margin is, and let's just say on a million pounds, I'm just making this up by the way, your margin is 300,000 pounds, then you're only paying VAT on this number here. Yeah? So here you pay on the full amount, the gross amount. Here you pay on the margin. So because this is a smaller number, therefore your VAT liability is going to be a smaller number. Everybody with me so far? So you're better off paying on the margin as opposed to on, on the total amount, yeah? So now let's work out, apart from Mark, how we qualify for TOMS. Just ask one more question. So that would be better, that would be better than flat rate still. Yeah. This margin, yeah, 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 it will, yeah. Uh, but you don't have a choice. Yeah, if, so if TOMS applies to your business, you have to use TOMS. You don't have a choice. Mud, uh, the flat rate scheme is a choice. You could just use the standard scheme, or you could say, I'm a small business, I want to use the flat rate scheme. That's a choice. Tom's, there's no choice. If you qualify, you have to use it, okay? So, how do we work out if, if Tom's qualifies? So going on that, then, that we don't have, we don't have ownership of the property, we're not maintaining it, we are just using it so what you're saying is you're either a principal or an agent, yeah? That's what you've said. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. So if you're an agent, does Tom's apply? No, you're right. It's, yeah. So if you're a principal, it applies. That's the first step, okay? The second step is are you buying the service Okay, buying it in, or are you, is it in-house? And Mark's kind of covered this for us to some extent. Uh, if it's in-house, no Tom's. If you're buying it in, Tom's applies, yeah? And the third step is wholesale versus retail. So you're gonna help me out over here now, somebody decide. If you're a wholesaler, what does that mean? So if you're selling wholesale goods, goods to somebody else, what is the person buying the goods from you doing to those goods? Selling them on. So if you're a wholesaler, Tom's doesn't apply. If you're a retailer, i.e. you're selling it to the end user, Tom's does apply. Everybody with me so far? So you have to be the principal, not the agent. You must buy in the service. As you said earlier, to use the example of Thomas Cook, and you've got to sell it to the end customer and not as a wholesaler. One, two, three, and Tom's applies to your business. Our friend over here has a question. Yeah. Uh, 
just to, on that. So we don't have to register for TOMS. It's actually the behaviour of your business qualifies you. For That's right, yeah. And you don't have to do anything, no paperwork, no... No, you have to do paperwork. You have, so you have to do you have to do a calculation to see how much uh, VAT you have to pay, and and it's it is but uh, it it's going to save you quite a bit in, in VAT, and uh, if you want to be on the safe side, you should write to HMRC and say this is my situation, this is what I'm doing, and I think Tom's applies to my business. Can you confirm that? That's just called getting clearance from HMRC, just so you're clear. Because if you get it wrong and it doesn't apply and you apply it, you're going to be building up a huge VAT liability over, let's say, three or four or five years. And if HMRC come knocking on your door and say, Tom's did not apply to your business, now you owe us the VAT, interest and penalties. And that's going to be very painful. Over here. Unless you have any questions. No? You sorted? Um. As I understand it, it's a bit of a grey area then if you're buying furniture for your unit because that a tour operator wouldn't furnish. You got it. You got it. That's so right. You need to get the landlord. If you're renting to SA, you yeah. need to get the landlord to buy the furniture. Buy everything. Everything. You don't buy anything. That's right. And links in with what Mark said earlier. So you're right. Yep. Mark, did you have your hand up? Yeah, for how long, for a retrospective, Tom's claim, how many years ago? Well, you can go back four years. Go back four years uh, if Tom's applies. But you can't make any changes. You can't supply any equipment, any, any items, no knives, forks, plates, dishes, no curtains, nothing. Everything has to come from the landlord. Because you are a principal buying in the service, making no changes. So Thomas Cook, okay, when they were in business, they used to make no changes, they just package it up and sell it on. Okay? And they're selling it to the end customer. Our friend at the back. If you own enough property that you're qualifying for VAT, can you hold them in an LLP and manage them from another entity? And pay for Tom's? Yeah. Yes, as long as uh, you're meeting this criteria here. Yes. Because it's two separate legal entities, yeah? Thanks for listening to Wealth Made Simple. You can follow and contact Shaz on the Facebook pages Entrust Property Tax and The Profits Wizard. You can also find Shaz on LinkedIn, YouTube and Instagram. Alternatively, email him at shaz at aa-accountants.co.uk. Build your wealth by mastering money.